0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we're introducing you to a first-year quarterback who made quite the name for himself on Saturday. Plus, our cross-country teams continue to shine, and the soccer and volleyball programs gear up for a big week. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The The football team fell at Tufts by a score of 37 to 17 on Saturday. Bates fell behind twenty-seven to three, but refused to back down, cutting the deficit to thirteen on a Kyle Flaherty two-yard touchdown run in the third quarter but the jumbos added a final score at the beginning of the fourth quarter to pick up the win coach Herman here with us on the bobcast and coach first of all give me your kind of overall impressions of the way the team played you know against tufts over the weekend obviously the offense moved the ball better than previous games but it seems like tufts was able to still make a number of big plays on their side of the ball
1: yeah they you know they had the two big big plays a couple of breakdowns on, on our part um you know, it, in you take those two away, and and it's a you know it's a relatively tight ball game. I mean, I even felt at halftime we went we went out and we we were able to come back in the, the second half and score. And you know now you're down only two, literally two scores, and you kick the extra points and you're up by one. So, um, you know, we I felt that we made a lot of progress in a lot of ways. Obviously, a loss is still a loss. I mean you know that that's that's not something that that we want to um certainly be settling for of you know giving it the old college try and and calling it good so um we still got you know a bunch of work to do but we saw a lot of progress in a lot of different areas you know just uh again we've got a bunch of guys on on both sides of the ball that I think are maturing each week and um you know as part of my message to them tonight will be even if you're a freshman right now you've played in four College games. It's time to, you know, time to hold yourself a little more accountable.
0: Great. I, I noticed Frank Williams came back maybe a week earlier than expected. Uh, he was feeling better.
1: Yeah, um, you know, it's it's kind of a pain tolerance thing with Frankie right now. Um, it, it, the shoulder will. You know, again, I'm sure it'll flare up on him at times. Um, the, obviously the sports medicine people wouldn't, wouldn't clear him if they didn't think he was in no danger. And, you know, to, uh, so I, I think it's more, like I said, it's more of a, gonna be a pain tolerance thing for him.
0: Now in the middle of the game you made the move where you brought in uh, the the true freshman the first year uh, Brendan Costa to play quarterback and he threw a pick six but after that seemed like a huge spark for the offense. First of all what prompted the move and what was your evaluation of how he performed? Yeah.
1: Well we you know we had gone into the game saying that we were going to get him some snaps. I mean we, we've tried to do that with our our second quarterback just because of the nature of our offense. Obviously those guys are you know taking taking hits more than some offenses so we we do try to get that guy some some early repetitions and um you know yeah unfortunately the, the uh um, the first series didn't turn out so great for him but um you know I was really really impressed just from that standpoint alone of, of being able to you know be first time out there and being able to come back from that and obviously had a huge run that that was a touchdown and and uh really settled into the pass game and, and threw some great balls, to be, to be honest with you, that, you know, we flat out dropped. I mean, you know, that, that um, that's something that obviously we'll work hard at in practice this week. But, um, you know, I thought he did a nice job with getting his eyes downfield, even though he, he scrambled a little bit. And uh, um, I thought he showed a lot of poise for a guy who was playing in his first college game
0: uh people are saying he's you know very obviously very fast uh where does he rank among the quarterbacks you've coached maybe in terms of speed
1: uh in terms of speed i would say he's probably right up there you know i mean i, I think he's uh certainly got the athleticism to, to play a number of positions but uh i think you know again with his arm strength and um some of the some of the the intangibles that i think he he has he's you know exactly probably you know i think what we we'd like to see running our offense
0: what opened up for that long touchdown run for him
1: uh basically it, you know it, it believe it or not it was a broken play um and he just kind of went out the backside and made one guy miss and you know let let his let his speed do the rest so um it was it was really uh, again off a broken play it was a very very impressive
0: well that's one of the luxuries of having a guy who's that fast right even if the play doesn't work out how you scripted it he can still make something out of nothing
1: Yeah I mean that's you know both in the run game and in the pass game I mean I think somebody that can move around as obviously we witnessed from the other side with their quarterback um, somebody that can move around in the pocket and and make plays with their feet and you know keep a play extend a play as much as is what you're trying to do in those situations and um, I think I think Brendan has that ability.
0: So besides Brendan, any other players stand out to you on either side of the ball that we should know about based on the performances on Saturday? Yeah,
1: well, I thought Jason Lopez, you know, continued getting more snaps as we we had talked before, and um, he will continue. I thought he did a nice job. Um, you know, a couple of guys, uh, Coy Candelario, I thought played his best game in in his career um, at Bates, and uh, Max Breschke played well as well. You know, on the defensive side um you know Kyle Flaherty took a lot more reps than he normally does with the injury to Peter uh so you know I thought he did a n- nice job for us as well
0: looking forward to this week obviously you're you're at Williams a team you beat last year but they played Trendy really closely right. they've already beaten Bowden and Colby. so what was different about them this year I
1: think uh the, again they they've kind of uh injected their team with a bunch of young guys um they they i've been very impressed with watching you know watching them on tape so far they're very athletic um you know they they're still young in certain areas and i think that might hold them down a little bit but you you know if we put on the trinity game where trinity has beaten everybody else they've played including us by you know uh, 4 to 1 margin um they really did a nice job and and uh Um, I'm impressed with them they're playing a freshman quarterback Uh, they got a freshman linebacker freshman receiver freshman running back so they've got some youth uh,
0: stepping up for them as well so health-wise you touched on injury to Peter Boyer anything else we should know about
1: no I mean again Peter has a concussion so he's out for this week Um, and uh, same with Dan Marino he's he's got one as well so he, he he's out for this week um um, the rest, you know, we've got a couple of guys that are banged up that that'll be day to day. Joe Frakes day to day right now, um, so we'll, you know, we'll have to again go through the week and see how see see how things shake out.
0: Uh, points to emphasis this week in practice for the team. It sounds like a hang on to those passes, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: that would be that would be spectacular. Yeah. Um, no, and, and again, I mean, I think you know part of that is um, guys understanding the situation, and 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 again, you just. Uh, when you have a guy that, that's moving around in the pocket a little bit more than than uh, maybe in the past, sometimes that catches guys off guard a little bit. And so, like I said, I mean, you know, a couple of guys that I'm, I'm sure nobody feels worse about dropping the balls than the guys that actually dropped them. And, and I'm, I know they'll work hard at making sure that doesn't happen again. Um, and then, you know, again, it's, it's another week for us to, to take the next step. I mean, I think... Um, I think our guys have some confidence. Again, crazy as it sounds, coming off a loss, I think our guys have some confidence uh, more so than they might, maybe did a week ago, and we need to take advantage of that and put a great practice week together and go down to Williamstown and get after them.
0: Right, because it seems like you know you can take that game and really say, okay, if we fix A, B, you know, and C, all of a sudden you're in a really close battle.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, I, I think that, the, the again, the margin of – um with most of the teams that we play the margin of winning and losing you know w- winning by whether you win by one or win by a lot or lose by one or lose by a lot is is very slim it comes that literally does come down to a few plays a game and um you know i think we've we've learned that the hard way at, at, at you know at some points this year but hopefully we can you know benefit from it this week
0: and you're used to playing like some of the more top teams in the conference early on the season of trial by fire, if you will. I, do you, you noticed, you know, your teams each year, they respond differently to that early tests, you know, later in the year. How have you noticed those teams respond over the, over the course of your 20 years?
1: Yeah, well, I think, honestly, I think it comes down to your, your, your older guys and the leadership that they provide. I mean, you know, again, we, we do have a really tough schedule at, at the beginning of the season and hopefully we, you know, we're able to come out with a couple of victories, uh, during that stretch but you know keeping guys together and and keeping them um really focusing on you know what's ahead of us not what's what's behind us is is a challenge and you know as i said i mean i i I lean on our our older group you know our older guys a lot to to help provide that and i think this group especially will, will do a great job with that
0: all right coach thanks so much looking forward to the williams game on the road there on saturday thanks First year, Brendan Costa opened some eyes with his performance at quarterback off the bench on Saturday. He threw for 134 yards and ran for 97 yards. 70 of those yards coming on one play.
1: Second and eight. And now pressure coming off the end. Costa eludes it. He's on his feet at the 40. At midfield. To the 30. 20. 10. Touchdown. A 70-yard run by the freshman quarterback, Brendan Costa, and that is just what this Bates crowd needed to get back into this.
0: Unlike the Tufts defenders on that play, we were able to catch up with the first-year quarterback.
2: Coach Capone just told me to be ready uh, early second quarter probably, so just in case offense wasn't getting going. So once I got in, I just knew, uh, I, just, I, just, I just had to make something happen because that's what I've really been known for like in high school, just trying to make a spark, just trying to be a playmaker out there.
0: Sure, let's talk a little bit about your high school career down there in Massachusetts. What was that experience like and how did it prepare you, you think, for college and how did you decide to come to Bates? kind of a two-part question, but there you go.
2: Yeah, my, my high school career was awesome. I spent my first my freshman year at New Bedford High School uh and then i transferred to case high school my sophomore year i spent three years there we kind of turned that program around uh when i was there so like with new coach a lot of new players coming in so it was a lot of fun and uh deciding to come to base was really uh coach capone called me i think uh going into my senior year he said we really like as a quarterback and he was one of the first people that told me that i could play quarterback in college which i was always looked at for my height but obviously in the triple option offense you don't really need to be super tall so once he told me that i really considered it and then uh I got in academically, and then once I got in, I made the decision with my parents that I was going to come to Bates, come up to Maine a little bit.
0: Terrific. Have you ever been to Maine before?
2: I have. I have vacationed a few times in York, York, Maine. But that was really, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect up here. I've usually only been to, like, New Hampshire up here, so didn't really know what to expect.
0: What was your first impression of the Bates campus when you set foot on here for the first time?
2: I thought it was awesome. I loved how, like, the, I love the football field. I loved, like, the new dorm. I actually live in the new dorm, so I love those. I love the new dorms. I, li- I like the facilities and I really like the culture that they had. Like Capone's been here for 20 years, Harriman's been here for 20 years. So, really, the community that they built is really awesome. That's really why I decided to come here.
0: Triple option offense. Did you run any of that in high school? At all? I did not run <laughs> any of that.
2: I read the read option offense. Okay. So, spread, it, spread offense in high school. Only had one, like just two options uh, one running read option, spread it out, throw it a lot. So, come here, it was a little bit of an adjustment, but I think uh, we threw the ball a lot on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So, about 33 times when I was in. So uh, I guess they spread it out when I was in a little bit, just kind of play, play to my advantages, I think.
0: Terrific. Uh, well, in terms of learning the triple option, h- how have you been working with the different dive backs you guys have?
2: Oh, we have four different dive yeah. backs. So I, usually I would work with the two freshmen dive backs. I'm also a freshman. I was third string going into the season, so worked a lot of the freshmen. But I, usually during practice, we all rotate. So usually I get in with Pete Boyer and Kyle Flaherty, too, the two starting dive backs in the varsity team. So I already really had pretty good chemistry with both of them, so it wasn't really hard of adjustment.
0: Great, were there any teammates uh, that you inherited here at Bates that you were experienced? Who we get a lot of guys from Massachusetts yeah. you'd played against or played with in, in high school? Uh I
2: have, uh, I played in uh the Massachusetts All Star Shriners game, my senior year, so I played against a bunch of the freshmen that were in there and I grew up knowing Matt Golden, the other quarterback. Like we lived right next to each other. His dad was my was my coach my freshman year. So we, we, we knew each other when we were younger and uh yeah, that's really it. Yeah. I knew a lot of the guys from the All Star game. We kind of found each other through Facebook and just kind of talked when we were there.
0: So now you and Matt are both quarterbacks here at Bates. I mean, you probably could have never envisioned that growing up, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, we
2: were both at high schools, kind of near each other. We almost met in the playoffs one time. So, yeah, I've never played against Matt, but playing with Matt's awesome. He's a great player. I love playing with him.
0: I gotta ask you—you you did throw a pick six early on, and then, but you were able to bounce back. Yeah. So, was that? You know, mentally as a quarterback, what does it take to bounce back from like a negative experience like that to keep pushing forward?
2: That yeah, was a bad read on my part. Obviously, my coach was very happy with it, but he knew—I uh, knew that once I got that out of my system, I'm like, all right, that's all done. I'm not a freshman anymore. I need to, I just step up and create a spark for this team and. And then two plays later, broken play. It was my fault again. <laughs> some <laughs> some freshman mistakes, but then I saw a lane open, and there's 70 yards, just ran as fast as I could, to, didn't know what to expect.
0: Well, as a guy who's known for his speed, I mean, even though it was a broken play, I mean, what's going through your mind, you're like, oh, is it, all instinct at that point kind of takes over?
2: Yeah, I think I have pretty good football instincts just to know, like, where to go. Sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it doesn't really work for me, but uh, I saw the opening, and I just it was wide open and that's actually where our dive back should have been when I, sh- I should have handed off the ball so it was wide open Kyle Flaherty made a great block for me going up the middle and just it was great great team effort on that play
0: and then you know as a freshman you mentioned uh, what lessons did you learn from this game that you're going to apply this upcoming week
2: well now I know that I shouldn't throw a pick sixes to start the game <laughs> and I should uh I should uh get our team get going earlier so uh, this week we just got to work hard get a good week of practice in and get ready to take on Williams down at Williams.
0: How's the level of competition that you've faced so far you think compared to what you faced in high school?
2: Oh it's, it's definitely significantly different but obviously at the college level you got a lot of a lot of good players around you too so just as the other teams have good players we do too so at, we, at any team's beatable in this conference any team can take the conference so I think I think we're going to be on the rise very soon.
0: Well, you mentioned you were third string kind of entering the season, and now all of a sudden you're, you're starting, we're most likely you know, starting getting a lot of minutes at the very least. A little surprising. Uh,
2: how, how are you feeling about that? Well, that happened my freshman year of high school, too. Oh, okay. I was fourth string going into my freshman year of high school, and then some injuries happened, and I beat out some guys. So you never know when your name's going to be called. So I knew that when my name was called, I had to be ready. So when my name got called, I knew I was ready, ready to go, and just try to spark this team
0: you mentioned that you really came to Bates because you wanted to play quarterback, I mean and that's what you've played all through, even youth ball yeah. when do you start playing quarterback?
2: I've started playing quarterback probably uh, when I was about 8 years old, yeah. so it's been 10 years I've been playing quarterback, so it's kind of just it's second nature to me now, I know what to do at that position, but a lot of a lot of colleges looked at my height, and I've always been judged for my height, and I know that some some teams have a prototype quarterback that they want that's fine, but Bates didn't, didn't look at didn't look at me like that, and I appreciated it. And honestly, I think they made the right decision recruiting me for that position. Because a lot of teams looked at me to play like receiver, safety, like what I, I I did play safety in high school. But quarterback's always my predominant position.
0: Yeah, it must be nice to only have to play offense, not have to worry about playing both yeah, sides of the ball. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it gives me it gives me a little bit of a break because uh, I was a little gassed after that run, so <laughs> I had to kind of recruit myself and get ready to go for the next drive. So.
0: All right, Brendan Costa. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Now it's time to talk to our Bobcats of the Week. Our female Bobcat of the Week is first-year Abby Hamilton. She's been a big contributor to the women's cross-country team, and last weekend, the number 15 nationally ranked Bobcats won the Saratoga Invitational, thanks to four of their runners finishing in the top six, including Hamilton. The Mainer comes to Bates from nearby Yarmouth High School.
3: Well, first of all, it was very important for me to stay close to my family, so that was big for me. Um, also, I've known a lot of people that went to Bates, and they've all been very happy with their decision, and I knew I wanted a small school, and so Bates just seemed like the perfect fit.
0: Well, I saw on Facebook there were a number of supporters commenting on the article saying, Yay, Abby! <laughs> so, obviously, people are following your career pretty closely.
3: Yeah, I have a, such a great support crew just from Yarmouth, and they followed me in college so far, so it's been great.
0: Training, I understand, very different high school to college. What's the big differences?
3: Um, definitely the intensity. Uh, it's taken a while to get used to that, but I really like it so far, so it's been going well.
0: And so what's Coach J like?
3: Um, I love Coach J. She's she's really funny, and we just have such a supportive team, so everyone together just, I don't know, it's a really good atmosphere to train with.
0: I bet another difference is you never took trips to New York State in high school, right? <laughs> like, across cross country, what was that experience like?
3: Right, that was really exciting. Um, in Maine, it was always, like, the farthest meet away. It was, like, an hour, so it was really nice to, like, explore new areas.
0: What's been maybe the biggest transition to college in general, maybe cross country, maybe something else?
3: Um, definitely just balancing academics and athletics and everything else. Um, I'm trying to do better with all of that, um, but it's definitely a process I need to work on.
0: So the team got the victory there in Saratoga. Um, when did you find out that you'd won as a team?
3: Um, well, actually, I knew that we had four in the top six. So um, I knew that we had a really good chance, but it was really exciting to, like, know for sure that we had gotten that. But it was really exciting.
0: And then the pack mentality that the team runs, who, who are you running with typically during a race?
3: Um, so I try to... Um, have like Olivia and Aiden like in my sight and they're so helpful and so supportive and so it just makes races so much less stressful so it was really fun.
0: Well take us back when you were a kid when did you start really running?
3: Um, My first year of cross country was freshman year in high school and I was definitely not (laughs) where I am today. (laughs) What inspired
0: you to go out for the team maybe I guess?
3: Um, Well my mom always pushed me for me like to run and so she'd always take me on runs after like soccer and lacrosse practice and so I don't know I just I really loved it I loved like the team and everything about it
0: I bet you couldn't have even envisioned running in college when you first started huh <laughs> no
3: not at all <laughs>
0: <laughs> when did you start to get the idea you might be able to
3: um senior year cross country season I thought like oh this is definitely something I want to continue doing and,
0: and what kind of prompted that were you just having a really successful year how did that go
3: yeah so my senior year like everything I guess kind of clicked and I had a really good cross-country season and I don't know I just I fell in love with it I guess.
0: <laughs> how did the team end up doing in high school? Did you guys ever compete in like states and stuff? Yeah
3: actually my team um, we were like first or second for like my four years there so I had a really strong team in high school and now in college too which is really fun.
0: Okay great and just any other thoughts you have on you know being um, a Mainer and, and staying at May, uh, in the state here um, you know for college and what that support system means to you?
3: Yeah, I love having people, like, just getting to know everyone. Everyone's so supportive. They follow you, and it's just, I don't know, it's just a great place to be.
0: Excellent. Well, Abby Hamilton, our female Bobcat of the Week, thanks so much.
3: Thank you very much.
0: The number 21 nationally ranked men's cross-country team finished second out of 16 teams at the Saratoga Invitational, finishing behind only seventh-ranked RPI. Senior captain Zach Megan led Bates with a sixth-place finish out of 235 runners, and he is our male bobcat of the week.
4: Uh, the race went pretty well. Um, I felt like a lot stronger than I did in the last race, and I was very happy with how the team did. Um, our goal was to basically just go off of the RPI guys. We uh, wanted to hopefully beat them, but um, I think we still put out a, a good performance there, and although we didn't win, um, I was very happy with how our team did. Uh, we had 15 out of our top, out of our 18 guys uh, PR, um, so they ran be- better than they'd ever run on a course, so it was it was pretty exciting for us. What was the course like? Uh, well, it was, a, it was a pretty fast course. We initially thought that um, it was going to be pretty comparable to our home course at Pineland, uh, but it was actually a, a little bit faster than that. And there are a few hills that we did a couple times each, um, but they, they weren't too bad, we been very prepared for hills uh working out and racing at pineland and uh so we were ready to go on a faster course and uh it paid off great now you're one of the senior captains
0: so what are some of your extra responsibilities being a captain uh
4: basically the biggest responsibility is just to be there to support the team um just guide the underclassmen uh a lot of the other seniors have really stepped up this year and as leaders and we kind of all uh our leaders in our own way so um basically just supporting the team and making sure that everyone's uh feeling good about their racing and um if anyone has any like issues with uh workouts or races or questions they can come to us they can go to coach they can go to the seniors but we're just another uh asset of support I say.
0: Well, I know one of your top runners from last year, James Jones, is working his way back from an injury, and uh, it must be nice to know he'll be probably in top form when you need him the most, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to uh, see James getting back out there. He's been slowly um, easing back into things, and um, I know that if he can uh, stay healthy and or or relatively healthy and uh, be okay for the end of the season, we could we could really use him. So. He's looking good so far. He had a great opening race, um, and he's got a lot of upward potential, obviously, so we're pretty excited to have him moving back into it.
0: Great. Now you've been NESCAC all-academic a few times here at Bates, and so how do you balance the academic side of things with the cross-country schedule?
4: Um, I've always thought that um, with cross-country with practice every day, with our uh, races on the weekends, I just have a lot, uh, a lot easier time about, uh, getting my work done because you just have less time in the day to kind of fool around. So you're you're kind of crunched, and, and then I just end up being more productive. Um, so definitely, when I'm competing and practicing, then I just know that like at the end of the day, it's time to, to get my work done. So it hasn't been too hard. Now,
0: you're a senior now, but take us back when you are looking at colleges. What attracted you to come up from Connecticut here to Bates?
4: Well, I'd been interested in uh, Bates ever since my junior year of high school. Uh, It was one of my top choices, primarily because I just had heard about the cross-country team and uh, the coach and had seen this awesome video uh, that someone made about it. And um, it just looked like a really cool place and a great team. And when I came up and met with Fresh, um, Coach Fresh, I was very uh, excited and and just thought this would be, like, a place that would fit in well. Um, A lot of the NESCAC schools all seemed similar to me, so the biggest, the one thing that really stood out for me was uh, the coach and and the team and and the people, so, yeah.
0: Well, I think that video you are referencing was when, last time the team went to Nationals as a group, right? And so I imagine that's been the goal from day one here for you, huh?
4: Yeah, definitely. I, I, think, um, I think it's always uh, the ultimate goal for our team, and we're definitely uh, hoping to work towards that this season as well. Um, I think like the biggest thing I'm trying to stress is to just focus on like, what we're doing now um, throughout the season because I think sometimes in the past few years we've uh, focused too much on, on what's going to happen at the end of the season and kind of lost sight of what was right in front of us. So we're just trying to enjoy the process and um, take advantage of the opportunities we have.
0: When did you first start running cross-country? Like, um, were you in middle school, high school?
4: I competed in uh, cross-country in middle school. I was a soccer player, but I wasn't very good at it. I just kind of did cross-country and track for uh, fitness, and I was much better at track and cross-country than I was at soccer. And So then my freshman year of high school, I did one year of soccer and then um, realized in uh, track my freshman year that I that I had a a lot more growth um, potential in track. So I switched over, ran that summer, and joined the cross country team my sophomore year.
0: And the cross country season obviously prepares you for the track season. How does it prepare you specifically, though?
4: Well, I think it uh, it it basically just uh, I think toughens you up in a lot of ways. It's like. I think, I mostly think of track as preparation for cross country okay. for me. <laughs> because, yeah, because to be honest, I, cross country is my main, uh, it's my favorite season. And, um, and track is like, track is great. I love track. Um, and like logically it makes sense cross country prepares you for track because it's just the order in which it goes. But I always think of like cross country as the main season and then track and the summer as time when you can, like develop and get into a better cross-country runner um so like that time is like key for uh developing in terms of like long-term um benefits but um ultimately like it's all about uh developing me for cross-country it, at least for me
0: sure what was your training process like this past summer
4: well i was uh, i was living in new haven and um i was living in an apartment there and so i there are a couple uh there's was one park about a mile and a half from where I lived, so I, I would do most of my training runs in that park, which was really nice. And then um, I would have... Uh, there's a rail trail as well, which was really um, nice that I could do my workouts on. And then I came home... I, I lived in West Hartford, so I just drove like the hour on weekends and did my long runs uh, with friends. So it was a good variety of uh, places to train, and um, I was doing pretty much at the most 70 miles a week um, and yeah I'd get in a tempo run a long run and just getting in the mileage
0: sure I know the cross-country team there's a lot of alums who are very proud of this program they come back to the alumni meet every year what's it like interacting with all the alums you know from back in the day let they tell you stories about how they run their brunswick and stuff like that
4: <laughs> yeah I I love interacting with uh, the alums it's like it feels like you really like. I remember my freshman year. There's a uh, one alum, um, Ben Chebit who who I met like that first weekend uh, when the alum come back, and he talked about the team um, and the guys in the team as a brotherhood, and it just like felt just it felt so right. That was like the perfect way to describe it because you have these connection this connection with people who have uh, trained on the team or competed on the team, like years and years, decades ago, and um, it's really great to, to still uh, get a chance to connect with them when they come back and uh, hear about their times on the cross-country team. It's really cool. All
0: right. Well, what's next for you guys?
4: Uh, well, we have the state meet in a couple weeks, and then we have NESCACs at, on our home course and then regionals. So we're really excited uh, for the next next few meets for sure
0: yeah three huge meets coming up good practice there in saratoga zach megan our male bobcat of the week thanks so much thank you the field hockey team fell by a score of two to one to trinity on saturday the bobcats are back in action this saturday at connecticut college meanwhile the women's soccer team defeated thomas college six to one on wednesday but fell to trinity two to one on saturday first year so kim scored her first career goal against Thomas and followed that up with her first career NASCAC goal against Trinity. Bates has a showdown with rival Bowden this Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Russell Street Field. The men's soccer team drew nil-nil with Trinity on Saturday, earning junior goalkeeper Robbie Montanaro his third career shutout. Your second full year as the starter and goal. How's it been going so far? Uh, it's been going
5: really well. Um, it's It was nice last year to kind of familiarize with myself with the position, um, especially here at the school, get get to know my back line and just kind of figure out the ins and outs of starting. Um, and this year it was, you know, nice to be able to hit the ground running with a year of experience under my belt. Um, you know, I'd already I worked with Max last year, Julian my left back. Um, so there's there's a little bit of familiarity coming back, and I think that definitely has allowed us to – Instead of, you know, start from square one, we're able to kind of build on what we started up, started with last year. So it's been great.
0: You guys picked up a shutout there and a 0-0 draw with Trendy. When it's a draw like that, what do you feel like after the match?
5: Um, I mean, obviously, like, frustrated in the sense that I, I felt like, you know, we definitely need to be taking maximum points from games. But it's also, it was a great battle, you know, between the guys on the team and guys in the field and the guys on the bench. Um, I just think, like, everyone worked together as a full team effort. Um, and, honestly, it was, like, probably one of the greatest things was just seeing the energy we had for coming from the bench, and I think that really, like, kind of fueled the starters to um, to really push for that, get that extra gear when we needed it, especially in double overtime. You know, you get you get – you know, it's a battle out there. So to be able to have those guys that you know everyone there has your back and you know you have everyone's back, I think it definitely – allows us to kind of find that extra gear. So as far as the results, you know, it might not have been the one we were going out there looking for, but we'll take it and we'll move on and look to get maximum points in the upcoming games.
0: Sure, and for a goalkeeper in a match like that, there's always some moments that are a little dicey. Anything that stand out to you that were close calls there?
5: Um I mean, you know, we had a couple couple opportunities that they had to score. Um there was a set piece. Um I was actually a corner kick. Um that, you know, I I think I pulled the ball back. It was like halfway over the line um but I mean obviously you know having Sam and Max as my center backs and I think we had Blaze and um and Jules out there in the outside backs I mean they keep a lot of things from getting to me and so you know it's it's just it's awesome for me to have them in front of me and know that they have my back and I you know I they know that I have their back so you know us all working together you know keeps my job from having to be a be too difficult and so you know on on those days when I can kind of go out there and not have to worry too much you know those are great days
0: yeah you touched on some of the you know the experience you guys have on defense I know Max one of the captains must be nice to have his leadership back there too huh
5: oh absolutely I think you know Max has stepped up his game and he's you know been one of the big leaders on this program this year and he's been outstanding in center back and with Sam next to him they've worked together so so well this year uh, I mean, every game, it seems like they're making two or three big plays that really um, keep the other team off the board. And, and that as a goalkeeper, just to have those like guys of those quality in front of me is just wonderful. Um, it makes my job so much easier. And I know, um, you know, it just it helps the team. It helps the team roll, you know. Um, and Max with his leadership skills in the back there—it it definitely he helps get the midfield organized, and you know I can help organize the back line. So it kind of it's a kind of a chain reaction. I think it just it really helps our team play so much better.
0: You've got Maine Maritime Tuesday night on the turf of Garcelon Field. Uh, how does that compare for a goalkeeper from your perspective to playing on grass? So, Similarities, differences?
5: Um, I mean, obviously with turf you're going to get like turf burn uh, a little bit more. So sometimes I'll try to wear like an Under Armour. Um, But generally, I try to prepare the exact same way for games on turf, games on grass. I mean, one nice thing about turf is you never have to worry about, uh, uh, you know, any any weird hops, any weird bounces. So um, from that standpoint, I enjoy it. Um, But obviously, you know, a game on turf, game on grass, same preparation, same mindset going in, Um, you know, so... The biggest difference, I'd say, is definitely just the turf burn, but it's not, it's, you know, once you start playing, you're not even thinking about that. And then after the game, you're like, you get see, you get a little cuts and cuts and scrapes and stuff like that. So I, I'd say that's the only real difference there.
0: Big weekend coming up. I mean, you're at Connecticut College, one of the top teams right now, at least in the NESCAC. And then you're home against Bowdoin, obviously a big rivalry there, no matter what, no matter what the records are. And so what's it like to have a road game and then coming all the way back and playing for home? It's unusual, isn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, I saw that one on the schedule, and, and to be honest, I mean, you know, not to give the cliche answer, but we're really only focusing on MMA right now. Um, but I saw that one on the schedule, and, I, you know, I was interested to see how that one's going to play out. I mean, obviously we just got to stay hydrated, stay well prepared, you know, get our stretching going on Saturday night, you know, recovery from the game, and then, you know, we'll, we'll show up on Sunday ready to play. So, as always, you know, so it'll be good.
0: Third year working with Coach Flaherty as the head coach here at Bates. Uh, He's been around a few years longer than that, but this is your third year. And so what's he like as head coach?
5: I love Stu. Uh, He's such a player's coach. Um, I mean, he gets us so motivated, ready to play in game day. And, you know, one thing that I like really drew me to the program and and drew me to Coach Flaherty is just the fact that, you know, you go out there and you give 100% on the field and you know he's giving you 100% on the bench. I mean, I, I've never had a coach that really works that hard for his players as as Coach Flaherty does. I mean, you know, he's giving you you know blood, sweat, and tears out there, and you're putting him in on the field, and he's putting him in on the sidelines, and uh, that's all you can really ask for as a player.
0: All right, well, big week coming up. We got Maine Maritime at Garcelon Tuesday night, then at Connecticut College, and make sure to come out and support the Bobcats Sunday when they host Bowdoin. Robbie Martinaro, the goalkeeper, you'll see him between the pipes this weekend. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. The volleyball team defeated Maine Maritime 3-1 on Tuesday, fell 3-1 at Middlebury on Friday, and bounced back to defeat Simmons 3-0 and Plymouth State 3-1 on Saturday. The Bobcats have won four of their last five matches, and they host Hamilton this Friday at 7 and Williams Saturday at 2 at Alumni Gym. Head coach Melissa Duran updates us on the season so far and looks ahead to an important weekend. You had those non-conference victories, but we'll start with the NESCAC match because it was so close, right, with Middlebury. People might look at 3-1, but as you were telling me off the air, you you all had them in points, basically. We
6: did. You know, Statistically, if you look at the stats, um, I don't think it could have been any closer. It just came down to just a couple of untimely errors, but a grand total of four points separated all four sets, so it was definitely a close one. It was a heartbreaker.
0: But the team was able to bounce back the next day, even after having to travel the next day to Plymouth State, getting two wins. What does that say about your team, able to bounce back from a you know, heartbreaking loss, as you mentioned?
6: I think it's a good sign of just our mental and, and emotional growth and maturity to be able to turn around and, and play some. I think we were anxious, too. It was nice to not have to have that Middlebury taste in your mouth for an entire week, to be able to go and see someone on Saturday. and. I think take some frustrations out on on someone else was was a really uh it ended up being a really good a good thing for us
0: looking forward this big home weekend i know hamilton's always a battle right and then williams traditionally a, a really good team as well but it must be nice because you're all so good in your home court to be home finally right
6: it is nice <laughs> we're really excited to be home and to have our first round of nests our first NesCac weekend be this weekend we're Super pumped about it, really working to get a good crowd. We just put in an order for 50 free T-shirts for the first 50 people in the door. So we're, you know, we know that's a big advantage to us as alumni. So we're we're excited to have those teams here. All right, let's
0: talk about um, one of your first years. Angel, she had a big week, it seemed like. Lots of lots of kills, particularly on Saturday. And she's uh, already up, right up there with Taylor for the leading kills. Yeah. So she's kind of stepped into Chandler's uh, shoes after Chandler graduated, basically, right?
6: Um... Yeah, it's it's interesting. So Angel just plays such a different position mm. than Chandler. Yeah, um, I think what's fascinating about Angel is I don't know that we've even scratched the surface of what Angel's capable of. What will be interesting as we move into the last part of the year is our passing gets better and we're able to set our middles more. I think you're going to see both Angel and even Riley really, really start to take off and be the difference makers for us. Um but no, Angel's Angel's been great. So I'm I'm excited to see what the second half of the season brings. Now that we're getting more com- now that we're able to set her more, now that we're getting more comfortable setting her, I think she's going to have a really big second part of the season for us.
0: Well, it's yeah. interesting. You know, statistically, she's replacing the kills, but you said a different position. So yeah. how is it different? From what she does what Chandler did, maybe.
6: I think Chan. You know, Angel's doing more with last Chandler. Anytime you're an outside hitter, you get a lot of sets, mm-hmm. and you're kind of the outlet, and you're responsible for mm-hmm. for putting a lot more volleyballs down. Angel's a middle so her job is first to block and then you know second to get kills and with with Gabby and Augie and my outside hitters doing such a good job passing now we can set our middles more often than maybe what we did last year and like I said both Angel and Riley are are getting more volleyballs putting more volleyballs down for us and it's making it much more difficult for other teams to defend when they know we have multiple options and and we're not just throwing it to the outside for Chandler to deal with.
0: I know one of the things that you emphasized over the past couple of years is the team, the program just needs to believe that, that you know, they are good enough to, you know, be in the upper half of the yeah. NESCAC and compete for NESCAC titles. And uh, do, you, do you sense that kind of start, starting to happen?
6: I do. I really do. I, I think it's it's a fine line. Like, you want to believe, but you don't want to be arrogant. And so I think that we are doing a really good job of of walking that line and seeing – with our NESCAC schedule up to this point, how close we've been against the best teams, I think it's it's as frustrating as it is. It's also, um, it's just good to see that we, we are competing there. We're, we're almost over that hump. We're getting there.
0: Anything you've noticed, like on film or stuff specifically, that you're working on to help get over that hump?
6: Everything. <laughs> um, you know, lots of little stuff. Our, our passing is coming along, our serve-receive, I think, We've really had a strong focus on our offense and being able to put more balls down, staying in system more, not running, you know, our setters all over the floor. And I think as our as our passing, you know, continues to get better, and, and that's just volleyball and how it goes throughout the season. And our servicing continues to get better. I think our offense is going to catch up.
0: All right, your thoughts about being at home finally after all these road matches.
6: Oh, it'll be nice to sleep in our own beds for a little bit. <laughs> you know, the bus is fun. The, the, uh-huh. the bus is where, you know, a lot of bonding takes place yeah. on the bus. We've got a really great personal group of athletes, so bus trips are great. Um, but there is something to be said for for finally being in your own bed, having your own food. Um, we we are excited to see our friends and our family in the stands and whatnot. It's, it'll be nice to be here.
0: All is fun. Friday night, Hamilton, Saturday, Williams. Melissa Duran, thanks so much. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. The men's golf team finished 8th out of 10 teams at the NASCAC Fall Qualifier, and the women's golf team finished 8th out of 12 teams at the Middlebury Invitational. Senior Captains Bennett Saltzman and Kelly Wasserman led their respective squads, with Saltzman finishing just one stroke away from potential at-large bid to the Spring Championships. Next time on the Bates Bobcast... We'll tell you how the football team does at Williams, and we will recap a pivotal NESCAC week for all our fall sports. The heart of conference play is upon us, and we'll tell you all about it next time on the Bates Bobcast.